Mike, why do you like your cat? I don't know. It just makes me happy. It's a very reasonable answer. People like all sorts of domestic animals, but could it be that your cat carries a disease in its poop that makes you like it? Today we're going to talk about Toxoplasma gondii, a parasite. It's not a virus. It's a single-cell protozoa that messes with muscle and brain tissue and all sorts of animals the primary host are cats we're going to talk about what it is how it spreads the effects there's a lot of conflicting information a lot of people link it to a lot of different things it's kind of tough to wade through before we get into it mike how are you doing what are you drinking well i'm drinking some clyde myers whiskey but i feel like i should be downing some antibiotics right now but besides that i'm doing pretty good how about yourself I am drinking some Bud Light, and I'm doing pretty good. And you have really nothing to worry about because the symptoms of toxoplasmosis, which is a person infected with toxoplasma gondii, is actually one of the world's most common parasites, possibly a third to most of the world to two-thirds, depending on the source, are infected with Toxoplasma gondii or toxoplasmosis, and you can get it by eating undercooked contaminated meat. You can get it from exposure to cat feces or exposure to anything that cat feces are around. But for the most part, it doesn't really have any huge negative effects unless you're pregnant or you have AIDS. <laughs> those are two and very I don't think you're in different. either of those groups, but I cannot confirm. <laughs> Uh, I have neither of those issues, so I guess I guess I'm in the clear. I was not expecting that right out of the gate. <laughs> you said exposure. What do you mean by exposure? Okay, so like I said, Toxoplasma gondii, which I don't really know how to abbreviate this, so I'm just going to keep saying it, is a very simple organism, and it spreads kind of what I like to kind of how I imagine most funguses spread like we talked about the spreading of different plant funguses for invasive species and stuff like that they have multiple hosts but they usually have a primary host which is where they replicate sexually so in for toxoplasma gondii the primary host are felines and they produce what's called oocysts it's o-o-c-y-s-t-s oocysts in their poop in their digestive tract, it's formed, and then they there's only one place to go from there, so they poop it out. And then from there, it can spread uh, to kind of whatever's around. It can spread in the water. So is, a lot of the times... Is this parasite living in the intestines of a cat? Yeah. Okay, so that's its main host, and it just kind of, to, to spread out more, it just gets, hits a ride on a turd coming from a cat? Pretty much. So it will, it can survive in mo like most mammals, but it can only reproduce sexually in cats. That's weird. So it comes out the cat as an oocyst, and then it gets in, uh, for example, for humans, 
It's really only a problem where there's a large feral cat population because it's spread through meat and it has multiple life stages. So it's oocysts, tachyzoites, and bradyzoites. So the brady, the tachyzoites, which is the second life stage, is kind of the second stage of the oocyst, and that's the after the organism's been picked up and now it's in another host, an intermediate host, so humans, rodents, whatever, and then it's in that, and then whatever else eats it, or so once it's in its intermediate host, it starts forming cysts called bradyzoites, and then another animal will eat those bradyzoites that get infected, and then possibly another cat eats that infected, and then they can reproduce sexually in the cat and start the whole process over. But they can still be transmitted from infected meat into its next host. But So is this just house domestic cats, or is it like big cats as well? Is it just okay, all felines? Okay, so it's all felines, but the caveat to that is it's spread primarily through what I would call domesticated cats, like feral cats. Okay, so it can say, let's take a, like a cougar, a mountain lion, for example. A mountain lion can 100% be a host for Toxoplasma gondii. However, its range is so big and the population is so low, you're not likely to see a bunch of infection. You're, you're not that. likely to catch it from that. You're, it's much more likely to be spread when there's a large population of cats. They can spread it around. So wherever you have a large population of cats, which could be pretty most places where they're humans, right? Because you have large populations of cats in cities. You have large populations of cats in the countries. People have cat to for rodent control, all sorts of stuff. People have cats that live in their house, go outside. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. You got everything from barn cats to sur sur suburbia to the city. I can't think of one spot where there's not. Chicago cats. just released a bunch more cats to help control its rodent population. So there's a bunch of cats there now. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of well good luck with that one champ going back to exposure does it have to be like you digest it touch it like what how does it get into other well, mammals besides i mean you said this is to eat but like you said i might be infected how was there a way i could be i mean infected okay so that was more of a an opener it's oh sh a shit on mike joke yeah Toxoplasma gondii's or Toxoplasma's disease is so widespread it's hard to pinpoint. It's like a non-point source pollution. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where you get it from. Most people they think get it from eating infected meat. However, you have the same rate of infection in people who are vegetarians as non-vegetarians. You're not more likely to get it. Having a single cat does not put you at risk is not even a risk factor for toxoplasma once you start having more than one cat you have an increased risk factor so you're you're not any more having one cat you're not any more likely to be exposed to it than anywhere else what i think is a what i think is a big method of exposure is you have a large feral cat population in say a neighborhood you have a garden anytime the cat poops those oocysts and they'll poop out like thousands of these oocysts it can get on the you know your garden and then you eat that if it's not washed properly they can survive the oocysts can survive in the environment for up to a year 
just from one poop. Cats poop more than once a year, so it's once it's there, it's kind of there. <laughs> it was it's so widespread because cats are so widespread. It's in every single continent, or it's okay. It's not in Antarctica, I don't think. Well, mer- a lot of marine mammals are infected as well. It's been found above the Arctic Circle when it was first discovered. I forget exactly what year, but it was discovered in England and in South America around the same time. Pretty much any place that has a port and people bring cats on boats, drop them off, and then they just spread. I mean, anywhere you have cats, you have Toxoplasma gondii. And like you said, there's very little places you don't have cats. So you can get it from eating infected meat you can drink if if it gets in the water you know so say you know you eat a bear that ate say a a mountain lion or something that had it or it pigs are another big uh carrier yeah a host that a lot of infection comes through pigs which is you know there's there's multiple reasons a lot of two of the two of the three major religions don't eat pork one of them is they carry a lot of diseases this is just another one of those diseases. So what's the side effects if you get infected? Because you said so many people are infected. Everything from sea creatures to uh, other mammals to humans. So what's, what's the side effects? So for healthy people, 90% will never show any symptoms. Now let's assume we live in America where most people aren't healthy. 90% will not show any symptoms. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The 10% who do show symptoms, I think it's like 9% of those people, your symptoms are going to be f- flu-like. Body aches, swollen lymph nodes, headache, fever, fatigue. Probably not something you're going to notice every day. It can lead to certain... You know, there's obviously a percentage of people who have a more severe reaction. Like I said, people with weakened immune systems primarily AIDS or HIV, you can develop lung problems, you can have ocular toxoplasmosis, which is when you have inflammation in your retina, you can have, uh, the I think the first case of someone dying, recorded case of someone dying from it was in like the 1930s, very well, a long time ago, because they found bacteria, the, not the bacteria, the, the protozoa in the eyes, and then l- they found the same infection in the brain because it lives in brain and muscle tissue whoa whoa, whoa. so it can get through the brain barrier yes well it so yeah and it we'll we'll get to it but there's i don't know exactly the right word there's a lot of studies that link toxoplasmosis to certain behaviors but it's very hard to get kind of a it seems like every, every paper has a, it does this. And then obviously there's multiple papers refuting that. And I think it's hard because a lot of people have it. It's hard to narrow down if it's a driver or just a correlation. A lot of these seem like correlation studies. So we're going to talk about some of the correlated behaviors that people talk about that there's been studies to show that there is a possibility, but it's, I don't, this is pseudoscience. It's, I don't want to say that this is a hundred percent due to toxoplasmosis 
We'll lead off with the big one. If you've heard about this, you've probably heard about the link to schizophrenia. People with schizophrenia are likely to have a toxoplasmosis infection, but schizophrenics are also more likely to own multiple cats. So you're telling me there's some truth between crazy cat lady? Yes. We, and we have, I guess, so the, we'll start it off. Now this, let's start off with some proven science. What does toxoplasmosis infection do to rodents? This is a lot easier to test than what it does to humans. Toxoplasmosis infection in rodents causes them to lose their fear of cats, and it causes them to seek out cats. Rodents infected with Toxoplasma gondii over time will lose their fear of cats, but nothing else. They'll still be fearful of unknowns, of other threats, but they will just stop caring about cats, and they will come in any time like they will be drawn to cat urine so they if i literally go this virus because it wants to be in the cat will infect rodents get in their head and cause them to seek out cats it'll cause them to lose all their fear of cats they'll become less aggressive and they'll just walk on over to their death if i remember correctly there's even some rodents that even tried mating with cats because of this. But I don't know if that's just a wives' tale. I don't remember. I didn't I didn't come across that. But uh Can you there's imagine a lot of studies about this. Getting infected and all of a sudden losing all fear of your enemy. Your Tom and Jerry mortal enemy just gone in a snap. Yep. But it's a great way, right, for that virus to survive. I'm in. I, honestly, I'm in favor of the virus. If you're that, if you're that smart, to able to change the brain chemistry neuron or the neurons, I'm not quite sure how it affects to only target one specific fear that you have, so that you can pre- reproduce. That's just impressive. Like you, you can't. That's like hate the game, not the player kind of scenario. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's it's super impressive, and they've been able to ID. They've found remnants of Toxoplasma gondii and cat poop from uh, ab- about the time humans started settling the Fertile Crescent, started agriculture, which makes sense, right? Because as soon as we started having, <laughs> as soon as we started having communities, we start living together. Rodent, we have excess food. Rodent population increases. Cat population increases, and then what happens? More cat poop for humans. More cats all in a single area. Easier to spread this Toxoplasma gondii around. So, it's been around for a long time, and it's f- proven to affect behavior of rodents. So, what does it do in humans? Like I said, there's a correlation with schizophrenia. Correlation is not causation because I, schizophrenics are more likely to own cat, multiple cats, which increases the risk for toxoplasmosis infection. Hey, Nick, how many cats do you own? Uh, more than one. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, a little pot calling the kettle black. But I'm not in charge of those decisions. Smart man. Yeah, so... Yeah, and one was a street cat when it was a kitten. Probably pretty fucked anyway. So you're definitely infected then. Yeah, probably. Combination of that, a large feral cat population where we live, 
vegetable garden, working out in the woods, eating with dirty hands. I mean, I would be very surprised if I was not infected. Uh, what's crazy is certain countries like Brazil has a 90% infection rate. Brazil? Yeah. Brazil's huge. How is that? A lot of cats, I guess. That's United States that. isn't as, I think our infection rates, I can't remember exactly. I think it's either like a third. I think it's around a third. But I think two-thirds of the world, they think, has toxoplasmosis. It's different areas have more or less because you're, depending on environmental conditions, more or less likely to come across it. And simple things, you know, clean water, big way to reduce it. The more food, you know, the cleaner food, big way to reduce it. Not the entire world doesn't have access to clean food and water. So certain areas are going to get hit harder than other areas. I'll be honest, that Brazil still throws me off. I would have guessed either Asia or Eastern uh, Europe. I mean, they all seem like pretty catty places. That's, yeah, that is, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I just Brazil really threw me off there for some reason. So, what does it do to humans? Well, it can definitely if so the most dangerous time the most dan- the most the deadliest this can be to humans is during pregnancy, which is why pregnant women are a lot supposed to clean out litter boxes because if you get infected during your pregnancy, the there's a chance that you could lose a child there's a chance that it won't develop properly but if you have it it's kind of like when are you exposed to it so the later in your pregnancy you're exposed to it that's like the worse it is but the earlier you're exposed the better uh but overall try not to get exposed to it when you're pregnant is is the best there's no vaccination for it there's no real you can treat the symptoms with certain drugs, but it's, like I said, most of the world isn't treating it because it's not really a huge, doesn't really affect your day-to-day life unless you're immunocompromised. Behaviorally, what does it do? Well, like we said, there's a correlation with schizophrenia. There's correlation with, there's one study that I read that people, you're two, you're Three, two to three times as likely if you get in a car accident to have toxoplasmosis, which would kind of go along with the infection of rodents slowing your reflexes down. There's multiple studies saying that men who are exposed to it get more aggressive or tend to be more aggressive, not like they get crazy zombie aggressive. They just tend to be more aggressive. And women who are exposed to it tend to be more outgoing and open um, which is kind of weird, but it kind of seems plausible, right? Because if you're a virus and you want to reproduce, you want to give as much exposure as possible. Yeah, but you want to create an environment where you're more likely to reproduce, which would probably be making men more aggressive, making women more open. Which so I can understand why there's so many studies on this, but it's hard. I mean, how do you control for you know cultural personality? It, uh, it just seems like if this is a pseudoscience, but there's like always some truth somewhere, right? So I can see, I can see where it makes sense, but also with such a widespread, such a widespread virus or not virus, such a widespread range of infection in multiple people, 
it's hard to control for, well, all your controls. So what's it doing to other species? So anywhere where there's a lot of urban runoff and places are infected, it runs off into things that live in the water, mammals that live in the water specifically. Thinking like beavers, otters, stuff like that. Sea otters, it's a, it's a factor of mortality in sea otters, specifically kind of in southern U.S., kind of that Mexico border area where you have a lot of urban runoff and a lot of marine population. About 38% of you, sea otters that wash ashore dead are infected with toxoplasmosis. And this is kind of a weird caveat since we're talking about sea life. Are fish carriers too, or is it just mammals in the ocean? I I don't know. I didn't see fish. I mostly just saw mammals. Okay. Okay. I, I imagine I imagine then, based on what you just said, that probably wouldn't go and fish because then I think the number would definitely jump to how many people are infected because how many people eat fish. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, th- I didn't. I'll do a quick Google search, but I know like birds can get it. So let's see. Hmm. Maybe maybe just warm-blooded creatures. I don't know. I I it's just weird. I'm just trying to think because usually if something can infect you, it can't affect everything. Usually they are very genre specific. It's it says not the best way to fish say it. are not compatible biological hosts for Toxoplasma gondii. Ah, then I'm wondering but if reptiles. It says they can be contaminated with oocysts. So if it's in the water, so I mean yes and no. If it gets in the water and they live in the water, they can have the oocysts on them, but I don't think it's going to live in them. Makes sense. Makes sense. But it does affect all sorts of mammals, which, and I think we're just going to have to do a whole episode on the ecological effect of cats, which brings to a whole nother level the ecological effect of cats, of spreading this around to everything else that lives in the environment. Emphasizing that cold-blooded mammals aren't carriers. Cold-blooded animals, not mammals. Yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah, but pretty much it's just a terrifying disease that isn't that terrifying, but just the prevalence is terrifying. Well, this seems like a perfect disease to build off a weapon off of. Probably. I mean, yeah. Well, Nick, this disease is... But, I mean, I guess say, say that most of the, you know, a third to more than that is infected with this and it say it did make males more aggressive and women more uh more warm heart more outgoing and moralistic i mean there's i guess you could probably make an argument that this disease this uh single-celled organism has has at some point shaped world history that we just don't know about I'm I'm now thinking to myself of ancient emperors and pharaohs who might have been negatively infected by this disease and made decisions that affected the course of history. So this is definitely not the cat's pajamas, so to speak, of diseases. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.